lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. We're back to almost 100%. Thank you for bearing with me. This used to be a twice a year large Marge impersonation. We were spared it last year. Uh, but uh, thanks for bearing with me the last couple of days while we were recovering from the uh, the twice-a-year sinus attack. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and then there's all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Gab, and Parlor. Look for censored clips of the program at youtube.com slash Steve Dace or head over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We had a a huge day uh, in in sales yesterday for Fauci and Bargain. Uh, a couple of uh, big media exposures we received. So thank you to them. Thank you to all of you as well. Uh, the five-star reviews continue to roll in. We're just, uh, I mean, we're just, how many interviews, Todd, have you done now in the last couple of weeks for this book, would you say? Oh, two dozen. I mean, it's it's getting close to that. I did three this morning. Three this morning. Yeah. I was wondering why you were sitting out uh, in in your in your vehicle out in the parking lot. You were sitting out there doing doing interviews. I got it. If I don't time the commute right and the hits and when they need to be, yeah, it doesn't happen. So, so you're a busy man. I just got done ten minutes ago taping something with Eric Metaxas for his show. Uh, I was on a show on uh, the Patriot uh, Channel on Sirius XM last night. Um, I've got uh, John Solomon from Just the News, who I used to work with it. The Washington Times, I've got him later today. I uh, did a podcast with our old stomping grounds, The Washington Times, yesterday. So um, uh, we're, we're kind of seeing another, shall we say, second wave uh, of, uh, of sales here for Fauci and Bargain. So thank you very much. This book was written for you, the people, so you can take and get your way of life back. So thank you. All right, coming up on the program today. Oh, speaking of which, let me mention this because... Um, the amount of you that are reconsidering, I, I saw a number yesterday, that 3% of Americans pre-COVID did uh, some form of uh, at-home schooling instead of sending their kids to a public or private institution. Those numbers, of course, went way up last year, but now I, I saw that 11% of parents are thinking about doing it. I mean, that's a 300% more than a 300% increase. If you're looking for options, and we've used this in our home before with our son Noah in the past before we sent him to Des Moines Christian so he could uh, get involved in more extracurricular activities. But Freedom Project Academy, is, and I know the people who started this, um, very familiar with the curriculum, the way they operate, could not recommend them uh, more highly. Unlike, pop, unlike public schools, FPA has perfected live online learning for more than a decade it's built on judeo-christian values and a classical curriculum that that just basically means they teach critical thinking they teach kids how to think not what to think this is the way that the generations who founded and framed the country this is the way that they were uh they were educated they were they were taught if you want to check this out right now rather than play the the you know dance the teacher union uh, polka again next school year about will we be open and then now that I've had a year at home to see up close and personal what they're teaching them, 
when they are in school, eh, I'm not so sure I, I, I want to send them back. Um, right now, go to freedomforschool.com uh, and get more information right now about getting your child a real education with Freedom Project Academy, real critical thinking skills at freedomforschool.com. All right, coming up on the show today, no profit of woe and lamentation. He is out in Nevada. He's going to join us tomorrow instead. So next hour, you get an entire hour of buy, sell, or hold. At the bottom of this hour, you know, we held this over on Monday because you guys viewed my voice as obscene. But I will tell you, the list of ladies who continue to email me, this is a real thing, guys. The list of ladies who continue to email me that they were totally down to clown with that voice on Monday. It continues to grow. Obscene is their jam is what I, you're I, I, You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when we were in high school, we were like, why do you guys think... Um, the guitarist for Guns N' Roses slash is cute. He hasn't washed his hair in like a year, right? Didn't we ask questions like that? Sure. I mean, dude, the what attracts the Famales has been, you know, how many men have have been mystified and wondered at this for eons, correct? Yes. So I I thought I sounded obscene. I was self conscious about it before we started the show. I mean, how many times? Did I ask you guys the radio broadcaster equivalent of do these jeans make my butt look big before and after we got on the air, right? A few. I didn't think it worked. I know you were getting uncomfortable with it, correct? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. And now I'm asking you, you know, if I've, if if Soul Train is back, right? Now you're still uncomfortable with that, correct? Still, yes. Yes, which you should be. That's the dude code. But I, I mean, I was self-conscious about it, but apparently there is, there's a market, a certain market with a certain contingent of the Famales in this audience that were like, I don't know, man. Bring back the dulcet tones of, of uh, allergy-infested Steve Dace. So, but we didn't do part three of our series on doing what you believe. We're going to do that here today at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, of course, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the smart, shiny, happy people at the CDC who have now officially given the country permission to go outside without a mask, even if you're unvaccinated. They even released this handy-dandy color-coded chart to show which activities you can do without a mask when you're vaccinated. You can do four activities without a mask if you're vaccinated. All outdoors. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says... It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Oops, wrong clip. I hope this message is encouraging for you. It shows just how powerful these vaccines are. Joy, read your thoughts. Dr. Gupta, I am among the fully vaccinated, uh, joined Team Pfizer, uh, and I did go jogging today in the park. uh, And I did, this was the mask that I wore with a doctor's mask under it. Joe Biden explains why he still wears a mask outside. Because the science indicates that the most certain way to make sure it doesn't spread if both people have been vaccinated the people you're with, and you're outside. And you chose to wear a mask, sir. You chose to wear a mask. You chose to wear a mask as you walked out here. What message were you sending by wearing a mask outside alone? By watching me take it off and not put it back on to like it inside. What? Podcasting superstar Joe Rogan got a bunch of people up in arms with these comments. If you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I, I go, no. Yeah. You, are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? Like, look, don't do anything stupid, but you should take care of yourself. You yeah. should, if you're, if you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, and like, 
I don't think you need to worry about this. An update on a story that broke over the weekend out of Oregon, where a junior in high school broke her school's record in an 800-meter race when she promptly collapsed at the finish line. I felt like I just wasn't being able to get a full breath and multiple times of that happening, not being able to get enough air, it just I just felt super dizzy and then eventually passed out. Williams blames her lack of oxygen on the mask she's required to wear during competition. Clearly in the past this has never happened and then this race that I was wearing a mask it did happen which I don't think is a coincidence. In response the merciful overlords at the Oregon Department of Health revised their guidelines for outdoor athletics. Quote the guidance will now allow people to take off face coverings when competing in non-contact sports outdoors and maintaining at least six feet of distance from others and the other virus protective protocols, end quote. And now it's become obvious to me that when cults near the end of their life cycles, they collectively begin fixating on something like Flavor-Aid or Hale-Bop and spaceships. Well, for the Branch Covidian cult, as you've heard the last couple of days, they've become fixated on bastardizing music. Here's another example. This girl is on Pfizer! And now, Daily Defiance. We found a couple of dudes in Michigan. Travis does his grocery shopping without a mask. Look at that fool behind him. And Fritz gets his prescriptions filled at the pharmacy sans a mask. In Indiana, Tiffany and her kids breathe the free air at Michael's. And in California, Deanna goes to the dentist without a mask. If you have a submission for Daily Defiance, send them to Dace Producer on Twitter or by using the hashtag Daily Defiance. Or email them to me, dailydefiance1776 at gmail. Moving on, a new report from Judicial Watch says it received 540 pages and supplemental four pages of documents from the Office of the Secretary of State of California revealing how state officials pressured social media companies, Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, etc., to censor posts about the 2020 election. Including in these documents were quote-unquote misinformation briefings emails that were compiled by communications from the firm SKDK that lists Biden for president as their top client of 2020. The documents show how the state agency successfully pressured YouTube to censor a Judicial Watch video concerning the vote-by-mail scheme and a Judicial Watch lawsuit settlement about California voter roll cleanup. In completely unrelated news, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki has received the Free Expression Award from the Freedom Forum Institute for her work on freedom of expression as the leader of YouTube. And finally, the Daily Caller went to Brooklyn Center, Minnesota and Washington, D.C. and asked the locals in both places their thoughts on rioting and looting. What do you think about rioting? A lot of the looting that happened in Ferguson, just like here, is only caused by opportunists. Like change needs to be made and if it's not getting done in the traditional avenues, then rioting is a good option. I guarantee you nine times out of ten, the people that were looting are not from this area. If rioting is what gets people's attention, then I think that's necessary. When there's something like this goes on, the opportunistic people come out and they try to dehumanizes. I mean, I think all violence is bad violence, but in the case when systems aren't responding to any other forms of change, I can understand people getting frustrated to the point that they need to take other avenues. And that's what happened while we were away. I think I I think I see why you didn't want me to watch this until you played it live. Yeah. So let me get this straight. White, educated 
progressives. Whose, are, whose homes and businesses are frankly the most likely to get ransacked and looted, correct? Correct. Um, are the ones justifying this in the Daily Caller video. Correct. And, and the black people who live in these neighborhoods are like, these folks are total grifters, opportunists. This has nothing to do with like any higher cause. They're just out to get free stuff. We should stop it. That, that's, that's, that's the video? Yeah. White people really are the problem, man. Think about this. Every, every bad idea in America right now, every single one that threatens us on an existential level, either came from a white leftist or is propped up, perpetuated, funded by them, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Dude, man, it, if, if you're living in Oakland, California, you're not the one that subsidized the founder of BLM's million dollar mansion. Where did that, where'd that money come from? Oh, maybe Warner Brothers? You get to move into, is that the one that signed the development deal with Warner Brothers? Is that her? The same one? I'm not sure. Because remember that story last year. A development deal with Warner Brothers for millions of dollars. Nothing says down with the struggle more than that, right? Progressive, progressivism is literally cancer. It, like it, I've been it, saying. And, and what do cancers always do? Metastasize. Unless they are irradiated. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm so in for that. So I mentioned that Daniel's not here this week. It's because he's out in Nevada with our friends over at the Torch of Freedom Foundation. They hold their Patriot Academy Constitutional Defense Course with the fine folks at Front Sight Firearms, their training institute, just outside of Vegas, 550 acres. Our buddy Rick Green from Wall Builders hosts this out there. And so they give you the physical training during the day and then at night. Uh, they, they test you intellectually on your knowledge of self-defense and the, the Constitution as well. If you want, it's obviously with it going on right now, too late for this week's, but if you want to attend, the next couple, they're May 30th and June 6th. Those two courses, they're offering them right now for 90% off. Now, you've got to take care of your logistics, how to get there and where to stay once you are. But the course in and of itself, 90% off for May 30th, June 6th, when you go to constitutioncoach.com. Again, that's constitutioncoach.com. Let's, let's go to the montage um, I, I've covered the coronavirus story and, and the three of us have on this show as with, as with as much seroprevalence as anybody in the American media has over the last year. I, I don't even know what to make. I, I can't give you a pithy summation assessment analysis of what that was from the the cdc yesterday and this broke while we were on the air yesterday remember we had we had discussed live two different assessments of this one that made it sound much more aggressive and another that made it sound um the opposite of that right yeah 
it's, I guess maybe, I, I don't think it's either one. It's just, it's just silly. That's what it is. It's just silly. We need a 9-11 style tribunal, as we point out in Fauci and Bargain. We need to know the origins of this virus, the real origins. We need somebody other than the World Health Organization to be able to independently verify that it is natural in nature. Because the WHO's recent review of this amounted to the Chinese assured us again that it came from nature. So it did. Well, what was their evidence? Well, they told us. So you just went on their word? Well, how could we independently verify it? That, that mean, folks, that's, that's the literal story. And the reason why this is important, I don't know about all of you, I'm tired of not knowing what the truth of something is. I, I would just take bad truth, like truth about things I don't want to know. I'm so starving for some truth. Just, just tell me the truth about something, please. Because here's what we don't know right now. Man, <laughs> we don't know if we got the Apple Dumpling Gang version of a global conspiracy a global authoritarian Great Reset conspiracy. Or these people that are otherwise really smart are so easily deconstructed, are so easily cornered in their fallacies because there's a piece of information they're scared to tell us. But it's one of those two. This is either the silliest globalistic authoritarian set of schemers ever pure apple dumpling gang we showed up one bullet in the gun we either got the dumbest schemers in all of human history just idiots just complete morons that are are the incarnate fulfillment of the peter principle you wouldn't put them in charge of a fourth grade life science class, let alone CDC and NIH. And given the guy that's running the NIH over there, Francis Collins is the first human to map the the genome, I'm kind of thinking that's not it. Like maybe that's true for some of these people, right? We've all covered government long enough. We know that it is is a cesspool of Peter Principle um, fulfillments, right? That there is some truth to that. What are the odds Francis Collins mapped the human genome and then just got dumb? Todd, your thoughts. What do you think the odds of that are? Zero. His brains just fell out after that. Like he used all the capacity he had. He put it all into mapping the human genome. And then after that, man, he's just been coasting on intellectual fumes. He got dumber after that. Think that happened? No. Because I kind of don't either, brother. You know what I'm saying? More and more that this goes on, I, I don't deny the... They, they say these things, so I'm not going to deny them. They, they say, members within this cabal say things like, members of our own government have said these things. Like John Kerry has said this verbatim, for example. 
the boy king up there in Canada has used this phrase. They, they use the phrase great reset, right? So I'm not going to deny that. But shouldn't they be better at this, right? Like when Genghis Khan came down the street. Did you look at him and think, that's the guy? Really? Come on, man. I can take him. When the Visigoths came over the wall, did you sit there and think, that's why we built the wall? These guys? They're a can of corn, man. What are we talking about here? I I just kind of think that if the driving impetus here is Carpathian levels of sinister scheming, Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be smarter? Really? That's the sad part about all this. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> see, see, I, I think there's a piece of information they don't want to tell us. And the longer this goes on, the more I, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Investigative journalist Cheryl Atkinson came out with a report last night. It is pinned on the top of my Twitter feed. I would urge all of you to watch it. She has on camera, by the way, a WHO scientist as one of her as one of her witnesses that the virus is not natural in nature, meaning it's not a natural phenomenon. Because if you if you plug that into the matrix, you, know, you look at a puzzle. Right? And it doesn't quite fit together. And you can force some other pieces. If if there's enough pieces together, you can kind of force enough pieces together where it will fit together. But if the corner piece is bad, you always start with the corner piece, right? Yeah. If the corner piece is bad, you can maybe get enough of the rest of the pieces to find a way to fit together. But did you solve the puzzle? No. That's not the solution. There's a missing piece of information here. I I have a high regard for my level of intellect. I also recognize I'm a kid that got thrown out of university for party ball, super techmo bowl, intramural basketball, and eating a box, not a bowl, a box of Lucky Charms for breakfast every day for a semester. That was my routine. Now, there's a word missing there from my routine at university. What's the word missing there? Class. I literally did not attend a single class my final semester. Lo and behold, they frowned down upon such things and threw me out. And yet, I am the co-author of a best-selling book, that absolutely pimp slaps Anthony Fauci, arguably our most decorated infectious disease expert. How is this possible? Again, I love me some me, okay? I own it. I look at my ego, particularly when it comes to my confidence and my intellectual capabilities, and I think to myself, man, 
I'm so bad. I could outthink my own ass. I, I, but even I know, even I know there is a limit somewhere. Someone smarter than me. Fair. Sure. Someone is. And I'm, I kind of think Anthony Fauci is, guys. I kind of think he's smarter than me, particularly on this stuff. So why is it fallacy after fallacy after fallacy? Why? Because the corner piece to the puzzle is bad, I think. And so we still have all the pieces out on the table. We forced them in to fit together. Puzzle doesn't look right. We started from the wrong premise. Because, and again, I'm just spitballing. Just spitballing. As the kids say today, just saying, right? Just saying. In the future, not even now, not even now. In the future, should we be unfortunately plagued by a virus that was fully synthesized or modified synthetically and it got out of a lab given the synthetic engineering of it just again we're just spitballing here hypothetically if this were to happen in the future you know like Stephen King's The Stand one of my all time favorite books Captain Trips gets out right okay if indeed it it, its origin isn't natural or its modifications aren't, there would be a real fear that our previous knowledge base of, of viral behavior is, would be irrelevant, right? Sure. Is that fair? You have and a then, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and then, then, then you'd be concerned and then you'd want to do things like say, vaccinate as many people if you came up with a vaccine that was any form of effective, even with a heightened side effect risk, if it was any form of effective, you would actually rush to get as many people vaccinated as possible as, as soon as you could out of fear that the virus would then continue mutating before you reached that vaccination threshold, which would make potentially your previous vaccinations somewhat irrelevant. Again, can just we're just doing a thinking exercise, right? That's all we're doing. Just contemplating dystopian movies of dystopian futures when we could still go to movies. We're all the rage for the last decade, right? Yes. Okay. So just imagine such a time. Stephen King's a prophet. That would make some things make some sense. And it, again, in that scenario, right, guys? In that, in that scenario, that would make some sense. Perhaps. Yeah. You'd have a motivation other than just big pharma greed. You're right. I mean, they, listen, I, I believe in big pharma greed, but those guys were pretty rich before COVID, right? They, was the, were the guys over at Pfizer wondering where the next meal was coming from pre-COVID? No, no. I think they probably kind of had the, the, the uh, por- por- portfolio was on lockdown pre-COVID over there at uh, Moderna, right? Yeah, I kind of think it was. Yeah. So what would be like another motivation maybe 
get everybody vaccinated as soon as possible before this thing mutates on us in the live population. Again, hypothetically speaking. And then, for example, if if your infectious disease expert testified at a Senate hearing with a U.S. senator who himself is a physician and also previously had an infection with this outbreak and is wondering why his natural immunity is not being counted as immune, is wondering why he's still being told he has to wear a mask and get vaccinated when he already had immunity before, your infectious disease expert might reply with, well, what about new variants or new mutations, right? Because something that was synthetic or engineered synthetically, every time it mutated, you kind of would have to kind of reset the board on what are we dealing with here since we're not dealing with a purely natural phenomenon. Fair? Again, we're just telling a story. You know, you and I have co-authors of a bestseller book, best-selling book. If we decided to make, you know, we were the new Michael Crichton. We wanted to, you know, write this kind of a story. You know, these sorts of subplots would make sense, right? Particularly since variants, as Scott Atlas laid out in the history of epidemiology, don't get stronger, mm-hmm. they get weaker. Yet you keep saying variant, variant, variant. Maybe in nature, they get weaker. Correct. What if they were synthetic? What happens if they mutate synthetically? Do we know? Then there's a light bulb. Yeah. Again, folks, just spitballing here. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft. This is where cyber thieves remove you from your home's title and become the owner. Uh, And that's why we've been urging you to check out and get home title lock. Well, now one of those dreaded mega breaches has occurred, and it's one of the biggest breaches you could have Uh, over at Facebook. Over 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves, which means name, address, personal information, the stuff our legal authorities say cyber thieves need in order uh, to do home title fraud against you. Uh, They've got that information now. Uh, They can then forge your signature on a quick claim deed with that information, verify themselves as you, make it look like you've sold your home to them, uh, liquidate all of your equity, and then leave you with the debt. You often don't find out about it until late payment notices or, heaven forbid, foreclosures, evictions begin to show up. So do what I did and protect your home's title with Home Title Lock. Right now, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, and see... If you're already a victim and don't yet know it at HomeTitleLock.com, make sure your title's home's title has not been tampered with. And then while you're there, take advantage of 30 risk-free days of protection during this high-risk breach. 30 risk-free days of protection during this high-risk breach when you use the code RADIO, promo code RADIO, at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We've been doing a a video series on this show over the last couple of weeks on um, do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. The first part, we talked about um, some inconvenient truths, where we are uh, as, as people, as a people. Then we discussed how we need to understand COVID has change the political paradigm in America moving forward. It both revealed where we are as a culture and then unleashed um, a new 
tactical deployment that we are going to have to respond to politically and and will end up creating, we think, a unique political alliance moving forward uh, in order to stop it. For example, this is the fifth week in a row now. Fifth week in a row. That just moves some words around, change uh, a few expressions here or there. I could have given the closing rant to Bill Maher's program, The Atheist Democrat on HBO. Five weeks in a row this has occurred. So now it's time to talk about how to go back on offense. It is time now for some rules for defiance. As we show you there, a classic picture of the Boston Tea Party. We have for you 10 commandments or rules for defiance. And they're placed in this order on purpose. Commandment number one, assume you're being lied to. Assume that the system you're up against lies about everything. Absolutely everything. Truth is chloroformed in real time in our culture. So practice discernment. Assume every narrative you are fed, no matter from which direction. Assume, including this show. Don't just take our words for it. That's why we left you all the footnotes. Check our footnotes on your own. Assume every narrative is a lie. Just to be on the safe side, start there. So number one, commandment one here in rules for defiance, assume you're being lied to. Commandment number two, therefore, take being informed more seriously than ever before. Fill the vacuum left by rejecting the fake news narratives with the best information you can find. Remember, there is wisdom, a best-selling book once said, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Rely on as many sources as you can. That's what I do. You look at my Twitter feed, it's a, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. It's a motley crew of news sources from varying political perspectives. I pit them against each other every day as I begin formulating where I get my own information from to do this program. I would also recommend you do the same. Play them off one another. See if there's verifiable information you can rely on within more than one source. And also, don't just fall for outlandish clickbait that suits your narrative either. Plenty of grifters that want to take advantage of us on our own side here. Don't fall for that. Commandment three. You know, we talked a few weeks ago on the show about the importance of meekness. Maintain meekness or power under control. Before we take back our power as a people, we have to remember how to wield it. We don't throw tantrums. In our anger, we do not sin. We use instead our anger to motivate us to righteous action. We don't seek vengeance. We don't hate. That doesn't mean we're not aggressive. We're non-confrontational. Listen to this show for 10 minutes. You'll accuse us of many things. Non-confrontational will not be one of them. It doesn't mean we're unwilling to boldly and unapologetically stand for what we believe. But remember, we're to be the antidote to the poison that's rotting away at our culture, not another poison. Poison times poison It's just more poison. Zero times zero is just more of the zero. We're not the Bolsheviks versus the Mensheviks or vice versa. 
No winner in that story. Uh, nor are we the mob storming the Bastille to unleash later on a reign of terror. We're not that either. Maintain control of our frustration, of our anger. Maintain control. Those things can empower us to do bold deeds. Righteous causes when they're under control. Commandment four, never abandon your motivations. The Lord chastens those whom he loves. We discipline our children because we love them. In both cases, the motivation for correction, even when it's stern, is to bring people to correction or repentance, redemption, restoration, whichever terminology you prefer. I kind of like all those words. We don't want to annihilate our neighbors. We want to win them. Therefore, our tactics need to never undermine our motivations. Commandment five, know thy enemy and hint it's probably not your neighbor. The real enemy here is the spirit of the age. A manifestation of forces seeking to end Western civilization as it's been known for centuries. American exceptionalism, just sort of its own variant, I guess we'll say, of Western civilization. Many of those who are plugged into the matrix and annoying the hell out of us right now, they don't know that they're actually being victimized. I got a great note last night from a gentleman who gave our book, Fauci and Bargain, to a liberal neighbor of his that he liked. And he just was sad to see him even outdoors, man, like double mask and triple mask and afraid of his shadow. And he said, brother, just do me a favor. You know, I'll, you read this. Give me one of your crazy books, man. I'll read it if you want. I'll trade you. Just read this. And if you find something you think is factually inaccurate, bring it to my attention. But other than that, I hope it helps you. And his neighbor read it. And little by little, now his neighbor is outdoors again without a mask. Hanging out, doing stuff with his kids again outdoors. See? The Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. That's what we're trying to do here, too, to emulate that. So, we, we want to unplug every, as many people as we can from the Matrix. Um, we want to free people from the spirit of the age and encourage them to be free as they were created to be. Commandment number six. So we have checked all of our motivations, right? Now, now it's a time to mobilize to action with our motivations in their proper context. Commandment number six. Feed the wool, feed the sheep and shoot the wolves, metaphorically speaking, of course. Mercy triumphs over judgment for the sheep. However, we give no quarter to the wolves. Now, how do you tell the difference between sheep and wolves? Well, sheep just don't know any better. Wolves don't want to know any better. They know what they're doing. They know who they are. Sheep are ignorant and thus deceived. Wolves are willful deceivers. And remember Augustine's charge, there are many sheep without but many wolves within. Confronting wolves is how we set the captives free. 
confront the wolves. So the analogy I just gave you from the guy that emailed us the other day about his giving our book to a, uh, a panic porn stricken member of his neighborhood. That guy took the information, processed it, and is now figuring out what he thinks about it. Making some changes, not making some changes, but he's thinking his way through it. Feed the sheep. Now, if you've handed him that book, though, and he would have looked at it and said, this is total conspiratorial trash. I don't want your right-wing blather. That's a wolf. He'll infect the rest of your neighborhood if, go, if he goes unconfronted. The sheep just don't know. The wolf doesn't want to know. He knows he's a wolf. Commandment seven. Civil disobedience now to hopefully avoid civil war later. Our culture is headed down a road to nowhere here, which is exactly what the spirit of the age and hates us wants. It doesn't care if it's globalism, progressivism, patriotism, nationalism, whichever ism on anywhere in the spectrum. If it can ultimately take us down that road to nowhere and end us, the spirit of the age is happy. If we don't act on what we believe now, we may be forced to act on it in ways that inflict much more collateral damage later. I'd like to avoid that. I think many of you would too. So we defy now so that we don't have to divide later. And never forget, civil disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. There is only one God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that. You don't owe and are not owed and own my breath. You don't own and are not owed my allegiance. I will render under Caesar that which is Caesar, but I will only render under God that which is his. When you ask me for something that belongs only to him, my answer is no. That's it. It's a flat no. I won't comply, and I'll dare you to do your worst. If we're not prepared to do that now, on the path we're on, our children may have to do worse later on. Commandment eight, we need to come together here. A triple braided cord is tougher to break. We are better together. We were meant to be together. Therefore, we should push back together. Class action lawsuits, not one church or one parent by themselves. Acts of mass defiance to both big government and big business, not just singular free agents that can be scared off or carried off. Work together, coordinate together, serve together. Show the spirit of the age there's more of us than it thought. And you'll be surprised how many of your friends and family will then want to join the side they think is winning that they're too scared to sign up for now. Commandment nine, shame the shamers. Right now, the spirit of the age gets to act with impunity, no matter how ridiculous or despotic it may be. That needs to change. Bullies only stop when they bleed too, metaphorically speaking. The bully's perceived power comes from the confidence no one will confront them. Take that confidence away. Act on the confidence 
of your convictions instead. Make the bullies infamous. Take the mask off the spirit of the age and show the world what's truly underneath that kilt. There's no there there. It's all bluster. This will likely require some form of suffering at some point for some of us. We must be willing to pay the price the spirit of the age will force us to pay. The story of Telemachus, the monk who ended the gladiator games in Rome, is an example of this. The civil rights movement is an example of this. But if we're not willing to offend the spirit of the age, the spirit of the age will remain on offense. Commandment 10. Take yes for an answer. Accept assistance and support from non-traditional sources and people, including those who vehemently have disagreed with us in the past and may still now on fundamental issues. Accept apologies and reconciliation with those who previously were citizens of Karenstan and want out. Do not muzzle the ox while it treads its grain. Whoever is for us at this moment isn't against us. And whoever isn't against us at this moment is for us. Take yes for an answer. Our list of allies grows thin, Aragorn. Take yes for an answer. All of you within the sound of my voice now, it is time for you to be Aragorn. You've hidden out like a ranger, doing random acts of principle, voting, Maybe putting something on social media, talking to a neighbor maybe every now and then. But you've been on the outskirts of where the fire really rages the hottest. And part of it is, you may be afraid to step into that light. Do I have what it takes? Can the answer really be me? Can I really be a change agent? Somebody told me recently, sent me an email, their family members told them one person can't make a difference. They've obviously never read a history book. I'm your Elrond. I'm handing you the sword. You're Aragorn. Become the people you were meant and born to be. Take the sword. The hour is late. Be the people you were born and meant to be. Hour two is next. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todders and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for Steve Dace. Uh, Steve Dace. I've been called that so often doing these interviews. I'm now beginning to believe that might be how my last name is pronounced. I look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Cab, and Parlor. I don't know, man. I've heard parts of the family even refer to it as D, so maybe that is how it's pronounced, and I've been wrong all this time. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you can also look for censored clips of the show at uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace, or 
Head over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Um, we love telling you about ScoreMaster because credit scores are so integral uh, to our lives today. In fact, increasingly employers are looking at them when screening applicants as well. Did you know that the average ScoreMaster user, though, uh, can maybe raise their credit score up to about 60 points in about three weeks or less. That makes a big difference, not just in whether you even get approved of that business home auto loan that you're looking for, but how about the repayment terms, the interest rate, et cetera. Uh, and, and the reason ScoreMaster works so well is it empowers you with the information that the banks and the system, the lenders have on you. It's your info. And you should not only have access to it, and you can get access to it. You can get your own credit report, whatever you want. Can you understand it? Is that information presented to you in an empowering way where you know exactly why you have the score you have and then exactly how to get to the score that you want? Enroll in minutes, see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score today. When you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve, again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Aaron, I just remembered I asked you to pr- have a graphic ready for today's Correct. show. Do you? Yes. All right. Before we get into buy, sell, or hold, I want to show the audience something. This yesterday, I took this shot screen uh, cap on my phone. This was Amazon.com yesterday. It's political science category. These were the top three books in America in that category yesterday. Yesterday was the one-month anniversary of the release of Fauci and Bargain. One of these things is not like the other. All right? You have the President of the United States, or the former President of the United States, us, and a former Speaker of the House. I'm just a kid born to a 15-year-old mom. I live in Iowa. Um, I I flunked out of university. And like a mediocre public one. Like I can't even tell you I got kicked out of Harvard. Okay? I, I couldn't have sniffed an entrance there. Um... I just wanted to show that graphic because you're the ones who should really be getting confidence off of this. You're the ones, this audience, you made this possible. I I don't have the power, the capacity just to release something, anything, with my name on it. I don't, I don't have the, the platforms of, of, the, of a Hall of Famer like a Glenn Beck. That's why we're always joking around about living off his exhaust. Right? I, don't, I'm, I don't have the power and capacity of the great one Mark Levin, our, you know, our two bell cows here at the Blaze. I, I just don't. I, I could not make this happen with just my own name, my own brand. I couldn't do it. You guys did this. I'm telling you right now, it's a lot harder 
to get a book sandwiched between two cultural luminaries like that, regardless of what you think about their views, you cannot deny these are two of the most influential men in America in the last 10 years. I would say for Barack Obama in the last 20, 30 years. It's harder to take a book from a show like ours and put it in that company. That's a more difficult achievement. That's why we're getting all this notice now. People are like, how did this happen? It's like, this is not how this process works. It's not supposed to work this way. This is harder than getting a seat on your school board is. This is harder than getting a seat on your city council is. This is harder than going down and seeing your state legislator is. It is. I've been around people who've done both of these things. We pulled every string we could. We had to get the publicity. Uh, you know, we had to do this from a fire hose to get this book out as soon as we could. We sent every text, email I knew, people I knew. And even with all of that, we hoped, man, if everybody we contacted, everything came through, wouldn't it be something we got in like the top 50 on Amazon? We had number one in America, folks, on two different bestseller lists, Amazon's and the Wall Street Journal's. Take it from me, I've written books and I've helped cover, organize, recruit for campaigns like school board, state legislature, president of the United States. I found those things were easier to do than figure out with our sized platform how to write a best-selling book. I still didn't figure it out. You folks just made this happen. The amount of copies you've purchased, the amount of people you've shared this with, the amount of people I have that go back and send notes to other conservative hosts saying, hey, why aren't you having this guy on talking about his book? Our audiences, our people need to know the information in this book. You guys have picked up this cause. You've taken it way beyond what, what we were capable of doing here on this program. You did this. If you can take a book from, if we're being brutally honest, where would we rank, do you think, in the, are we maybe an upper middle class kind of a show, would sure. you say? Okay. Yeah. But if you can take a book from an upper middle class show in this industry to the number one best-selling book in the country, a few of you all can win some seats on your school boards on your board of supervisors, on your city councils. Know what I'm saying? This is harder. I promise you, I've been in both arenas. This is more difficult. So again, as we ended the last hour, it's 
time to become the people we were called and created to be. We can do this. The task is daunting. It is certainly not impossible. It's far more likely that you can get a seat on a, in a school board race where maybe 1,500 people vote in some of your communities then you can take a book from a show of this magnitude and make it a number one best-selling book. I promise you, the former is much simpler to accomplish. If the audience to this show can do this with this book, it has a lot. We have a lot of untapped potential out there, folks. A lot. And the answer is us. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. One of our favorite segments each week. Who knows what plethora of topics will be unveiled once Aaron cracks open the cornucopia of suggestions from you in the audience. And how this works, Todd, you and I will be given a series of suggestions, statements, predictions, etc. No topic is off limits. Just don't be dumb. Uh, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully with at least one legit reason why that's the case. If, however, we find the particular suggestion is so lame that it's beneath even our own mediocre intellects, we are permitted to put on a hold. However, if you use the hold for any other reason, and you're just punking out, you will be punished to the point of having to drink plant-based beers with Chuck Schumer. Of course, I believe there are only plant-based beers, but that's not important now. What has he been drinking? I, I have no idea. I, I it would explain some things, though, would it not? Yeah. yeah. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Start with Via Getty, who says, Joe Rogan will issue an apology for his comments suggesting young people should not get vaccinated. So? He doesn't need to. Yeah, I'm... The only reason I think he would do it is if he sincerely thought he was wrong. This goes so against his own brand, though. You know, I mean, I mean, what, what do the bro dudes do if Rogan goes snowflake? You know what I'm saying? I mean, th does his audience dip faster than the Oscars at that point? So I don't see it. I don't see the guy that was sitting next to Dana. I give zero F's white the other right. night. In front of a packed indoor house, I, I, I don't see it, man. You know, so I'm, I'm selling. Yeah, you're, you're winning with exactly this kind of uh, skeptic, skepticism to things. I, and have been winning for a long time. So I, I don't see this happening. And it would be deeply disappointing if it did. Sean Griffiths is next. At least three of the top five quarterbacks taken in the upcoming NFL draft will be considered busts when all is said and done. Um, you know, the, in the past, the odds of this would have been high. The bust rate on quarterbacks has gotten much better in recent years for two reasons. Um, one uh, is they I think they have figured out some of the mistakes that they were making in the past when they overreached for an Achilles Smith kind of a guy because he fit all these measurables. And they looked they're looking more now at performance intangibles. Um, I think that's the ascension of Mac Jones but from a 
NBA or NBA NFL quarterback standpoint, he's an above average athlete. Doesn't have elite arm strength. He's highly accurate, but so is Chad Pennington. You know, um, he just didn't have the arm strength to survive for a long period of time in the NFL. I think what the 49ers are looking at with Mac Jones is they're looking at a guy, they're looking at the way he processed that offense, how fast he made decisions. And they're putting a, a more of a premium on things like that. So I think their scouting is improved. And then they're playing more college style offenses now in the NFL. They're still not, you know, running a lot of zone reads with running quarterbacks. Some teams do. Um, but you see even pass spread offenses. So the the game translates more now from a college to an NFL environment. So I, I don't think it will be that high. At least one of them will be, but I don't think three of them will be. So I will sell. I will sell as well. It also depends on what your definition of bust is. I think we over use that uh, simply because you are a number one draft pick at quarterback. If you just have an average... I don't know if you if you have a seven year career of starting but never making a pro bowl you're not a bust you just you didn't turn out to be john elway that, that so jared happens. goff was a number one overall pick yeah. in the draft just got traded he's, to my he's lions not, he's in no way he's been bust. to a super bowl two pro bowls but his previous team kind of oh. gave up on him at 26 would you call that a bust of course not that's okay. insane to call now some people bust. would but i agree with you they got to define what, what how we're defining bust this is but what just every that is a level of magical thinking. To just, if you are you happen to be the number one, increasingly, like a quarterback is always going to right now going to be picked number mm-hmm. one or two. Or it's just going to happen. That guy's always got to be a future Hall of Famer. That doesn't make any sense if people stop and think about it. Why See, would I, that make sense? I, I wonder for Mac Jones. What I'm what I here's what I would be concerned about if I were Mac Jones, or if I were a 49ers fan, and that's who they pick, and they. They, they, they gave away a haul to jump up and get a guy that almost no scout even thinks is a top 10 or 15 overall prospect in the draft. But you give away that level of haul for a guy that sat behind Tua for several years and then kind of was unassuming. You know, he had Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith and Najee Harris together and he was just kind of considered the game manager, right? And then Jalen Waddell gets hurt and Devonta Smith goes on and wins the Heisman. So all the focus is on him. You're not going to put all this focus on him because of the capital you gave up for him. He's never had to be the alpha before, ever. In his collegiate career, he's never really been the alpha. And then you're going to put him in a division where, tell me when he's never not going to be the fourth best quarterback in that division every year. You've got Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. Russell Wilson, we agree, surefire Hall of Famer, right? We would say Matthew Stafford, is his, his career stats are on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He has more work to do, but is that fair? Yeah, and then you have Kyler Murray that we is a former number one overall pick that is an athletic marvel. Tell me how Mac Jones is never not the fourth best quarterback in that division every single year. I just well, I think that's I wonder in if, odd position of saying you just described Tom Brady and his Michigan career coming into the NFL. Yeah, but the difference was he wasn't the number three pick in the draft. He was 199th, so he got to kind of slide in there. All this focus and impetus on Mac Jones from the very beginning. That's what I'd be concerned about. From a 49er fan perspective. Up next, we have Spirit of the Rage, who says the UFC event in Jacksonville is going to basically be, apart from maybe a few differences, what sporting events will look like for the latter half of this year. Sell. 
because I think there's going to be a real battle over whether you have to show proof of vaccination to get in. I think there's going to be a real battle. And I think, and I think the battle is even going to be about the players and the athletes themselves. Back to my Lions for a second. Our star left tackle, Taylor Decker, gave a press conference yesterday. And he was asked by a member of the media if he's been vaccinated. Because the Lions have said they're not going to force players to get vaccinated to play this fall. And so he was asked if he's been vaccinated. I believe he said, no, he has not been. Um, I, I, I think the level of idolatry here is deep. Um, as, as the masks get increasingly easier to push back on, and to disabuse and to deconstruct, um, you're going to see that idolatrous transference. All that power and energy will now be transferred over to the vaccine. And I mean, I I think you could even see teams have internal turmoil and arguments about why some guys are vaccinated and why some guys are not. Um, I, I... I think the UFC may be the only indoor sporting venture that matters in America that doesn't unilaterally require some proof of vaccination to attend that scale of a crowd. I think that's more possible than your proposition. So I will sell. Yeah, I will sell. I think you uh, nailed that analysis. We are in a time where a time of choosing where you're you're gonna have to boycott some of these things uh and and some of it isn't steve's principle is right you 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 really can't be guaranteed in any way of it snowballing enough to make an economic dent change your mind but ultimately if you stand on any principle at all just you you can't be a part of these things if this if if Teams start mandating vaccination passports. Uh, if you think that is in any way commensurate with uh, the liberty and justice this nation was founded upon, I don't know what to tell you. And I want to make sure, just speaking for me, that's what I'm addressing specifically. Not whether you get vaccinated on your own. That's your decision. Yeah. I urge my own mother to get vaccinated given her health issues. But we're really talking about the imposition of this on people, the separation of this uh, and, and, and distincting people on this kind of basis, um, turning this into either a virtue signal on one end or a scarlet letter on the other. Um, that's when I talk about opposition, that's what we are opposed to. Um, and just to make a point on it today in our hometown newspaper, the Des Moines Register editorial just flat out said it is time to shame those who won't get vaccinated from your family to your friends to your co-workers. They aggressively say that we are putting you in a leper colony. That's what you're dealing with. Yes. And I, I haven't ruled out that I would get vaccinated. I've never said that I wouldn't do it. I just don't think I, I've said I don't have a need to. But that wouldn't change my views on this whatsoever. The idea that we create, we use this to create a caste system. Um, that you know, first of all, um, that's just anathematic to a Christian worldview. Period. Um, it's anti-American. Second, secondly, 
So we're going to be a hell no on that, regardless of each of our own individual views on vaccines as a whole, this vaccine in particular. There's a larger principle at stake. Moving on, we'll go to Goodfellow49, who says, Top five Rolling Stone song titles to describe Anthony Fauci's pseudoscientific leadership on COVID-19. Nice. Number five, Under My Thumb. That's bye. good. That's a good start. We're off to a good start with this. I like it. All right, bye. Number four, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Is that is that first or third person? Um, it, <laughs> but if it's third person, then I would definitely buy that, yes. Same. Number three, you can't always get what you want. Used to always just blow my mind. This was Trump's campaign song. I always wondered, did he know? He, did he know? Was it just that he liked the song or was he sending us a message with that? You know what yes. I'm saying? I used to always wonder. Okay. And the answer to that question is probably yes. Uh, I'm fine with that being on the list. I'd probably put it under my thumb higher than you can't always get what you want. Okay. Although the next line of the song is, if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Have we got what we need yet out of this thing? Not Very so much. Rarely. But I'm fine with that being on the list. I'll sure. buy. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, give me shelter. That's good. That's good. You know, in fact, I go back to number three. I'm going to sell on number three as much as I love that song. I would put shattered. I'd put shattered. It's got to be on the list somewhere. Okay. So, uh, but uh, I'm totally fine with, with number two as well. I'm yes. a buy. Same. Number one on the top five Rolling Stones oh. song titles to describe Anthony Fauci's uh, pseudoscientific leadership on COVID-19, Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, the Stones are so good. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Yes. That's a pretty good list. Who was that again? Goodfella 49. Uh, muy bien, brother. I mean, that, that's, that's well done. I think you... It's a minor quibble, you know, to go with uh, shattered instead of you can't always get what you want. But overall, that list, buddy, I mean, you, you stuck the landing on that puppy. Well done. Yeah. This next one, I love. Mike Leonard says, buy, sell, or hold. There are absolutely no connections whatsoever between these two thoughts. Number one, the NBA was the first major institution to declare COVID crapped in trips and cancel all their operations before we knew anything about the virus. Number two, the NBA has deep ties and caters to China, protects China's interests by censoring fans and execs. Oh, boy. No, no correlation, but buy, sell, or hold. That, why didn't we connect those dots previously? Um, that is fascinating. But I do remember the night when the NBA shut down. Was it Rudy... Go bear with the positive test and that freaked everybody out. Yeah. Okay. I, gosh, I think in the in this case, we might be giving the NBA too much credit. I think they might have just freaked out when Go Dare got when Go Dare tested positive. Given where the mood of the country was. March 11th, 12th, 13th. Remember where things were those days, right? So as much as I find your dot connecting impressive, I'm going to sell, because here's, here's the other reason. The NBA was the first, say what you want about them, and there's a lot of things you can say nowadays that aren't flattering. It was the first major sports league to get its stuff together and get back to playing again. Remember that? Yeah. 
The NHL was still trying to figure things out. I mean, up until the day the baseball season began, there were questions about whether baseball would go forward. Who was it? Was it the Marlins? Like week one or somebody that people wondered yeah, uh, that so. they were going to cancel the whole season after that, right? Okay. The NBA actually got its stuff together first about finishing its season and finished it all the way through. So as much as I love the way your brain is working, and I love that level of critical thinking, in this case, though, I don't agree. Yeah, I'm going to sell. The fact that it got its act together first could also be ah, for this. Because... I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Because they maybe had a little tip on the dope rhyme. Is yeah. that what you're thinking? Okay. Yeah. I hear you. I'm still selling, but again, I think this is the level of uh, the level of critical thinking that we need to engage in in this era. Even if we don't answer every question right, as Nick Saban likes to say, it's about the process. Okay. And I think it is about this process of critical thinking more so than whether we get the right conclusion or not. I'm in no mood to let the let China off the hook for anything. So I'll buy up next 79 model. Chris says in the spirit of Con Air, 10 of the best over the top non-sequel 90s action flicks. I days producer Aaron must see in order to make life complete. No particular order. Assassins. Never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. What's he talking about? I think Assassins is Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've never seen I that one. I could be wrong about that, but I think okay. that's what so that I, is. I don't, I don't, I got to sell on that. I don't, I've never seen that one. Rush Hour. Heard of it. Never seen it. Yeah, I could see uh, Rush Hour. Yeah. Do you understand the words coming, that are coming out of my, out mouth? Out of my yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, bye. Passenger 57. Never heard of it. Uh, uh, always been on black, right? That's yes. what that movie is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes at some of his finest, schlockiest. Yes. Bye. Uh, the Rock, seen Look it. Here. Oh, that's a very good yes, movie. The Rock is that's outstanding. A Bruck, uh, maybe the underrated movie in the Jerry Bruckheimer catalog, if there is such a thing, is The Rock with Connery and Nick Cage, right? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, bye. Love it. Yep. Uh, Cliffhanger, never heard of it. No. That's an underrated Stallone flick from the early 90s. I'm, I'm okay with that being underrated, on the list. Underrated, really? Yeah, I'm okay with it being on the list. Yeah, yeah that's not, it's not bad. his finest hour. I didn't say it was his finest. I said it was underrated. All right, like that arm wrestling movie. My wife oh, loves over the top. My yeah, wife loves go. that movie. By the way, she keeps trying to get me to watch that for twenty years. Yeah, uh, Broken Arrow. Never heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah with uh, um, yes, uh, uh, Travolta. Travolta and Christian, Christian Slater. Slater and even Howie Long makes yeah, a cameo man. Oh, yeah, man, dude. Yep, that's hell yeah. yeah I'm in on Broken Arrow. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Face Off, never of, seen it. Of course. Face Off is great. Of You'd course. love Face Off, man. It literally, they take their faces off. That's oh, literally wow. what they do. Okay. They take their faces off they, and Nick, face it's, off. It's Nick Cage and uh, John, Travolta. Don, John Travolta again. And they are they take their faces off. Classic Nick Cage line. I can eat a peach for hours. I won't give you the context of the line, though. It's a family show. All right. uh, Air Force One. I've seen that one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, first of all, it's not even a schlocky '90s action flick. That's just a great movie. Get off my damn plane! By the way, the president that Harrison Ford plays—he's an alum of what school? It's Michigan. Isn't Michigan. It? Yep. It is, yeah. Hurries back to Air Force One to catch the Michigan Notre Dame game that they taped like, for him. Yep. You're so desperate for nostalgia with your own football team. You're Dude. going to the fictional card. Yes, I need fictional Michigan football highlights right now. Yes. <laughs> Things that never actually occurred. Yes. I'd give anything for an 80-year-old Harrison Ford in the Heisman pose right now. Yes, please. Uh, next one is True Lies. Of course. Oh, yes. It's very good. Overrated, I think. It, I don't think it's like a transcendent movie, but it's very good. Very I'm fine good. with it being on the list. Yeah. And then the last movie. Isn't our fellow Iowan in that one? 
Tom Arnold's in that movie, right? Yeah, True Lies. Yeah, okay. Speed. Oh my. Well, yes. Speed, dude, is a transcendent movie. Speed. Speed, I think, is one of the most unique and best executed action films, and in recent times, it's one of the clear memories of me going into a theater just thinking, "Yeah, this might be fun," and coming out like that was like Die Hard. Yes, but and the fact that it also was filmed in like a real time environment. I mean, and Dennis Hopper's a great villain in that film as well. Yeah. Speed is a phenomenal film. Just watched it again recently. Introduced Noah to do it. He's mm. a big Keanu Reeves fan. He loved it. So, more Buy Southern Hold coming your way here next. We know I love to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. The best protein bar you have ever had. Uh, The most nutritious candy bar you've ever tried. Now, it's not literally a candy bar, but boy, howdy, are you going to think it is one. The taste, the texture, the fulfillment, the satisfaction, everything you love about a candy bar and none of the stuff you hate. For example, one of the most popular flavors, uh, just take a look at the cookies and cream uh, and you get 18 grams of protein, five grams of sugar, like 150 calories. That's it. So many great flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate. Any lifestyle you're living uh, from a health perspective, low cal, low carb, low sugar, it fits into every single one of those. You're going to thank me later. I promise. If you've not tried these, got a note uh, this morning from a guy who was like, my wife went from skeptical about built bars to she hides them from me now when they get to the house. All right. So. Um, if you want something else to argue with your spouse about, <laughs> take advantage of the promo code DACE when you go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com, 15% off your first order to give it a shot when you use the promo code DACE at BuiltBar.com, D-E-A-C-E, that's the promo code, 15% off, promo code DACE at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back to buy, sell, or hold. We will go next to Ryan Ben, who says if the GOP had two thirds of both the House and the Senate, a constitutional amendment correcting Roe would still not be passed. They'd be just short, guys. They're always just short by one or two. Oh. Always. Oh, dog, gone, gone. Yes. Denang me, denang me. Somebody get a rope and hang me. Yeah, you just, you're always a, it's just, oh. man, those plucky Republicans every time. Man, they push that boulder up the hill and then... Man, if we just had that second California senator. I know. Carnation, man. Just never, ever, ever ceases. By golly, if you didn't have Wuhan for luck, you'd have no luck at all. Bye. Unless you think we're being a little cavalier and cynical and not maybe taking that seriously. Once you've been in a room uh, and heard live that Paul Ryan was going to punt on bags of frozen baby body parts. You know, that all you have left is cynicism on this, really. Man, couldn't do anything about dead baby body parts. Ugh, darn. I'll get you next time. Up next, Danny Britton says, Newsom wins his recall by 15 plus points. Sell. He may win, but it will not be resounding. The, the problem he has is the base against him is more energized than his base is for him. Now, in that state... His base for him is substantially larger than the base against him. But he's going to need something to mobilize them. So, what could that be? 
maybe, maybe Gavin Newsom ends California's restrictions and mask mandate. Maybe he looks at it and he says, you know what? We thought these were Neanderthal states. And we've got even better numbers than they do. We don't have to do this anymore. But he needs something. The numbers are still in his favor from a demographic standpoint, but the energy on the ground is not in his favor. You cannot win with just an energized base, but you can't win without one either. He doesn't have one. He needs something that will energize his base. The power of his persona is not enough. So he needs a galvanizing issue. Um, If he finds that, and if your candidates are the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner and Cousin Eddie, you see that, Randy Quaid, yesterday saying he's thinking about running? You stole my thunder because I was saying, why are you even, you're totally missing the point. He's going to get crushed. Randy Quaid is in the game now. (laughs) Um. Just think of how many great lines we could come up with from Cousin Eddie for a campaign slogan for Randy Quaid. I don't how know great why that would be. they call it Hamburger Helper, Clark. <laughs> it does just fine by itself. There's other, unfortunately, most of those lines, actually, we cannot say uh, on public airwaves. So I don't know that you could work them into a campaign slogan. Although these days, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he... As it stands right now, I, I cannot see him winning by 15 points or anything like that. He, he needs to change the momentum here. He needs something that energizes his own base. And I just don't think, hey, they're, they're coming after me. I don't think that by itself will do that. His base, they need to know what's in it for them. What, what, what do they get? Because they can just replace him there's nothing special about him. He's just another California Democrat. There's 10 million of them. So what's, what's, what's he got to offer? He's got to offer something up. And he hasn't done that yet. Let's find out what that will be. He eventually will. And so let's find out what that will be. And then I might have a different answer. But right now, no, the energy on the ground is against him. Steve has years and years of political successful political prognostication under his belt and everything he said specifically just now about this made total sense which is why i'm going to ignore all of it and i'm going to buy (laughs) because this is california and the year is 2021 but let me tell you if that happens i won't see i think that stuff's good and good in that don't we want clarity aren't you tired of not being didn't we just talk earlier in the show you're tired of not knowing what the truth about things are, right? If, 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 if that is the outcome of all of this, then at that point, man, just exodus, wash your hands. You, you know what I'm saying? You just know it's just lost. Move on, man. It's Tyre, Sidon. It's, you know, it, it, it's Babylon. Who cares? At least if that scenario happens, we get some closure then, right? And we can all just move on with our sure. lives. Okay. Up next, we go to your tribalism sucks who says, Steve missed an opportunity to sing Betty Davis. Oh, little Kim Carnes. I like that. Was that in my key, Todd, on Monday or not? Yeah. Uh, Yes. You know what? It's always in your key. And you could prove that. No, 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 no. 
Uh, Matthew Blackburn says <laughs> nice. college football playoff expands to eight teams by 2025 and to either 12 or 16 by 2030. Uh, I'll sell on the latter part. I actually think there's more of a likelihood it, that it goes to 12 or 16 immediately. Agreed. I don't think you're going to see two expansions in a decade. I don't. Um, I, I think they did not intend to do this expansion until after the contract expired. But everybody took a bath last year. Correct. And they need something to make up for that. Uh, and they have financial uncertainties this year. Where will the virus be? Where will vaccinations be? Things of that nature. So they can't, they can't budget this year either. They know they're going to make more money this year. There'll be more normalcy, more games, more fans in the stands. But it, I, they still can't sit here and say it's going to look like it looked in 2019 right now. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Just one thing I'm going to be insistent on pointing out though the the current format that we have it worked it just goes to show how fickle uh, the 24 7 sports world is the whole complaint was there was just way too much controversy there was always a team left out this wasn't this wasn't working we, this has worked we the, the teams that should be there are there that problem was solved so we we're not moving on to something that uh is addressing something that is still broken there are genuine money issues here but had covid never happened this would this this would be about things outside of the game this would be about an insatiable lust uh for money what have you but the current system undeniably worked i don't know if this is true or not this email i just got from michelle but i'm going to read it because i want it to be true Randy Quaid was supposed to appear at a comic convention a few years ago in New Jersey to sign autographs. By the way, like three weeks ago, he retweeted me on something, and it was one of the coolest moments of my life to get retweeted by Cousin Eddie. But anyway, he was supposed to appear at a comic convention in New Jersey a few years ago to sign autographs, meet fans, etc. He was scheduled months in advance and then scheduled the day of because he didn't realize he had a warrant for his arrest in New Jersey. I don't know if that's true, man, but I... That's a Cousin Eddie moment right there. I want that to be true. I want it to I be. I think there's high odds it is. Yes. That is perfect. Uh, final submission of this uh, week for Buy, Sell, or Hold. The indefatigable JD has a Mount Rushmore of beta male characters in movies. All right? So the Mount Rushmore. You buy for each submission and then buy overall. These are the betas. End. These are beta Like males. if you say it's indefatigable or whatever you just said, right? Indefatigable? Yeah. Indefatigable. Yeah. Yes. Like beta like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's indefatigable. Okay. Yeah. You're just jealous because you, you probably can't say that. Okay. Uh, number one in beta. The Godfather, Fredo. Wow. That's like a beta of betas, right? Yeah. Yeah, walk off home run on. Yeah, I mean, do we need to continue the list? If we're going to start there, I, I, yeah, because oftentimes we start off with such a flawed premise, and okay. he's not even meeting his own standards. You don't want to keep right. going. So okay. here we go. All right, number two, officer and gentleman, Sid Worley. Who's <sighs> is he? Know. Richard Gears? Who's Sid? I haven't seen that movie. And like, is well, that Robert Wool's character in the film? Is it Robert Wool? I'm trying to remember who plays that character. This, Why do I think it's Robert Wool? Here's the fact that we don't know. Yeah, like, means it's a no. Yeah, I mean, really, officer and a gentleman. I'm not sure that that's a strong. I mean, now I have questions. Uh, Speaking of beta, 
I wasn't going to say it, <laughs> but I'm glad that you did. Yes, yes. Number three in network, Howard Beale. Beta? Are you kidding me? Loses his job, cries in public. That's one of the greatest rants of all time. Not to mention it's prophetic for the era in which we lived in which we live today. So no, I'm not. I'm not giving up Howard Beale whatsoever, man. No, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's one of the greatest rants in the history of motion picture. No, Howard Beale is a hard sell. Uh, number four, Saving Private Ryan, Private Mellish. Which character was that again? Private Mellish. Yeah, but who Mellish. was that? Who was that? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen Saving Private Ryan either? No, I haven't. <laughs> Gosh. Here's something. Else. <laughs> it's, oh my. it's true, yeah. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> I avoid watching movies just so I can trigger people. No, you're, to- you're like on round three with your wife of watching the Avengers series. I mean, you could carve out some time. That's what I love about this. Here's what America it's- doesn't know. <laughs> Aaron, where was your wife last weekend? What? Your wife wasn't home last weekend. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cedar Falls. Yeah. yeah. So she was out of town. Yeah. Cedar Falls. So you were, you were home all weekend. Yeah. 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 I watched and a, what, was the, uh, what was the weather like here in Des Moines last weekend? Was it great? Hey, yeah, it was fine. Okay. Was so fine. you could have been uh, maybe doing some dude code penance and watching some of these films last weekend, right? No, instead I watched an episode of Top Gear I'd already seen like two or three times and promptly fell asleep. At like two o'clock in the afternoon. He's a millennial, folks. You want him on that wall. Yes. You need him on that wall. And I don't care. Is your I, name Merle? That's what's great about it. We found we hired America's only seventy-three-year-old millennial. That's what we did. I just love okay. your like Steve's. Dis- you haven't seen? Si- no, I haven't seen that. Just, it's just dismissive. Like <laughs> I got time for that. All right. I have seen Godfather though. Not okay. Seen Officer and Gentleman. Not seen Network. Okay. No, yeah, you're not missing much with Officer and a Gentleman. You got a penis, you know. But Private Malish is a good answer. Is it? Because I'm he trying is. to remember who he's, played that character. He well, he's the actor in um, Lost in season four or five when the new people come in. He's the scientist. He's the son who had figured the oh, son yeah. of the woman that, that, that also is a time traveler like Desmond. Yes. Okay. I know you're talking about. Then yeah, it's that yeah, actor. That's a good one. Yeah, I, know, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking yeah. about. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right with that. Uh, let's see some honorable mentions: Caesar Flickerman, Hunger Games. Yeah, that's a total beta. I'm down with that. That's not. That's not really a beta. What's more beta than just being another dude's mouthpiece, man? Uh, like you know. I'm not saying he's an that's, alpha. That's not. That, he's that's, not a beta. That's pretty beta, man. Being a, being a mouthpiece is pretty beta. You work in conservative media. We got a lot of mouthpieces surrounding us. You know this. It's pretty beta. I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy. He's bad. I'll, I'll sell. Uh, Star Wars C3PO. <laughs> Come on, man. No. No, you can't be a beta if you're programmed yes. as a droid. He's he's a droid, guys. You can be a beta if you're programmed as a human. He's a... But he's a droid. He's a droid. He's not a human. So no. <sighs> Love story, Oliver Barrett IV. I don't... What? I don't know what that is. <laughs> this work, this list is just... Who was riveting. this that sent this in? The Indefatigable. Did he put himself on this list by any chance? Dude has a few thousand Twitter followers. He's a big fan of our show. Oh, then, I'm, been, then I'm sorry. 
I think he may have been kinda, trying to out us. Yeah. You know what? We're going with that. That way we didn't. That way like, I did. That way I didn't just insult him. Yes. All right, we're going to go well, with the narrative that he was that this was done to entrap us. Exactly. And 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 we love that about you, Mr. Uh, what was his name again, Aaron? The indefatigable. The in, Mr. Yes. Indefatigable. Yes. If we didn't instantly dismiss officer and a gentleman, he the answer next week would be the answer is you guys. Yes. Be, yes. Uh, so well done. We yes. we for D chess, we found an example. We solved the Kobayashi yeah, Maru. Th- thank you. Thank you very much. Uh the indefatigable Kobayashi Miru is brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't make getting into the real estate market your Kobayashi Maru. Make sure you go in with uh, a Starfleet officer, a real estate agent that you know you can trust, especially for these indefatigable times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, Where would you find such an agent? I'm never going to let that go where would you find such an agent thankfully the name kind of says it all just head over to realestateagentsitrust.com that's a company that was started by glenn beck and some of his associates who were also tired of real estate agents who were all hat and no cattle and they didn't want the same thing to happen to you so they found out you know what we got some pretty good agents in this audience why don't we recommend them and from there created this entire network of agents so just about anywhere you want to escape to or from Within COVID stand, we can probably help you today. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Final thoughts. Oh, overtime. What are we doing? Do we know yet? Nope. I thought we settled on one before last break, but I can't remember what it was. All right. So I don't even remember what the opening segment was. All right. Magic grab bag. There you go. Blaze TV subscribers. You're going to find out when we do. We're going to tape the overtime for you right after we finish here in just a few moments at blazetv.com slash dace. You'll be able to upload, or I'm sorry, we upload it. You download it uh, a little bit later on today. And then if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you'd like to become one, blazetv.com slash dace is also where you can go to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV so you don't miss any of our exclusive content. For Todd and Aaron, I'm Steve Dace. We will see you again tomorrow right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then. John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.